Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon and buy our official merchandise on Redbubble. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps Entry 32 Rawang, Malaysia When Frank arrives at the coffee shop along Upper Thompson Road, he half-jokingly apologises for his smell. Sweating profusely, the 30-year-old homemaker says that he'd just finished a two-hour walk around McRitchie Reservoir. I ask him, whether he goes hiking often, and he tells me, rather cheerily, that he tries to every other day. I get the kids to school by 7, which gives me ample time to make my way through a trail, get home, and have lunch ready for them when they get back, he says. I find his passion for the outdoors little at odds with what little details he's shared with me over the phone about his experience, which began on a hiking trail in Rawang. He smiles and says that he understands my confusion. My partner's not exactly fond of my hikes either, all things considered, he says, then continues with a chuckle. I've explained to her that it's okay and generally she trusts me, but she still gives me the side eye when I tell her about my day. The drink stall auntie finally comes by to take our orders. I ask for a kopi, and Frank, of course, asks for an isotonic drink. As the elderly lady heads off to get our drinks, I fish out my recorder. After he wipes his sweaty brow with the towel, I tell Frank that whenever he's ready, he can start from the beginning. Frank was 17 when he went on a week-long school trip to Rawang, with about 15 of his classmates, chaperoned by two teachers. It was one of Frank's first real visits overseas, so he was naturally excited and game to try anything. The group was staying at a couple of very modest bungalows, located just outside an expansive stretch of forest. The plan was to go camping during the day, but spend nights in the bungalows. On the first day, however, while some of their classmates were getting settled in, Frank and four of his friends decided to sneak off and explore the forest. Two of those friends jogged ahead, but Frank mostly stuck with his best friend Subash and Subash's girlfriend, Mei Ling. As they continued on, though, Frank found himself drawn deeper into the forest. He says that it wasn't just a natural attraction to the greenery. It was like 
he was almost entranced. Before long, he realized that he had somehow been separated from Subash and mailing at some point. Thankfully, he was still on a well-worn trail, so as dusk began to roll around, he felt confident that finding his way back to the bungalows wasn't going to be an issue. On his return trek, however, he passed by a little atap hut, a structure that he didn't remember from before. Sitting in the middle of this forest, the hut would have been disturbing enough on its own. But the fact that night was fast approaching, and the setting sun cast ominous shadows across the dwelling, only made Frank feel even more uneasy. Quickening his pace, he jogged past the hut. Part of him wanted to ignore it, to pretend that there was nothing particularly creepy about it. But no matter how hard he tried, he just couldn't bring himself to take his eyes off of it. Just before he finally turned a corner, Frank could have sworn he heard something mixed in with the screeching calls of the birds flying overhead. The laughter of a small child. I made it back to the bungalows perfectly fine, and pretty soon I'd all but forgotten about the hut, Frank tells me, taking a sip from his drink. He continues, In fact, after a great big dinner with my classmates, I was actually feeling quite tired. But when I finally climbed into bed, I just couldn't get to sleep. He says that two of his classmates, with whom he was sharing a room, were still wide away. They were laughing and gossiping and joking. He didn't want to shush them, though. After all, this was supposed to be a fun trip, not just for him, but for everyone. Eventually, his own exhaustion overcame the chattering of his friends, and he fell asleep. But he didn't sleep all the way through the night. At around three in the morning, he woke to the sound of laughter again. Feeling less understanding than earlier, Frank initially wanted to turn around and not so nicely ask whomever it was that was giggling to get to bed. He stopped himself from doing so, however, when he realized that the laughter wasn't coming from any of his classmates. It was the laughter he had heard near the hut earlier. It sounded playful, yes, but not quite right. Gripped by panic, Frank laid completely still. He tried to will himself back to sleep, but the laughter continued. Hours passed, though, and as sunlight crept into the room, the laughter began to fade. At breakfast, his classmates were all lively and excited, but Frank remained silent. The lack of sleep was one thing, but amidst the cheeriness of his friends, he could have sworn that he still heard 
disembodied laughter from the hut. Frank says that the laughter seemed to follow him all through the week. Less at night, after that first night, but more during the day, when they were out camping. He became withdrawn and paranoid, his eyes constantly darting around to the shadows of the forest, every rustle of leaves putting him on edge. When the trip came to an end, Frank thought that his ordeal would finally be over, that the presence that had taunted him over the last week would leave him alone as he returned to the familiarity of Singapore. But he was wrong. Over the next two weeks after that trip, I still felt paranoid, like there was always something following me, he says. It lurked around his classes, it loomed on his periphery when he was out with friends. Even being at home felt oppressive and unwelcoming. At first, whenever he got that sense that he was being followed, he would abruptly spin around, trying to seem as courageous and unaffected as he could. But soon, the fear of actually seeing the presence overpowered his attempts at bravery. It all came to a head when he was woken up one more morning by the sound of laughter. That terrifyingly familiar laughter. His lights had been switched on at some point during the night. He didn't remember doing so, but that wasn't what he was focused on that morning. His attention was fixed instead on the shadow that seemed to be flying across the ceiling of his room. Once again, as the sun came up, the laughter seemed to vanish. The shadow, likewise, was gone. But that oppressive feeling remained. Feeling like he was finally at his wit's end, Frank messaged his mother while he was at school that day, telling her about everything he had experienced. That evening, his mother brought him to a witch doctor, who confirmed that there was a child's spirit following him around since Rawang, but added that the child was not alone. There was another presence, a much older presence. Not malicious, the witch doctor told Frank, but confused and angry. The witch doctor said that Frank's third eye had opened, his latent ability to see spirits, probably awakened while he was in the forest. Because he could sense these spirits, they latched onto him and followed him all the way to Singapore. I felt less scared, Frank tells me, a touch of melancholy in his tone, and more sad for them instead. They weren't trying to frighten me. They were just lost. That night, as Frank lay in bed, he spoke out loud to the spirits, as reassuringly as he could manage, 
he said that he didn't mean to draw them away from their home. He told them that he meant them no harm, and he promised them that he would make things right. A day later, Frank's mother booked for him the earliest flight to Rawang. He made his way to the same forest, walked down its well-worn path, and visited the hut again. And he waited there, till he heard the child's laughter once more. As the laughter continued, fading deep into the forest's shadows, Frank felt an enormous sense of relief. He allowed himself a moment to cry, then headed back home. I asked Frank whether he sees anything on his hikes. He smiles and says, all the time. That's kind of why I do it. He tells me that he can tell the difference now between malicious spirits and benevolent ones, so he knows where to steer clear of. I ask him why he goes on these hikes if he knows that there are spirits along these trails. He says that after understanding how frightened the presence from Rawang was, he realized that spirits must have felt other emotions too. Fear, yes, but also maybe even happiness and loneliness. Taking one last gulp of his isotonic drink, Frank says, I just want them to know that they're seen, that they're not forgotten. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media at We Are Hantu. You can also buy official merchandise on Redbubble and be one of our supporters on Patreon. Ghost Maps is recorded on Audio-Technica mics. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.